Ladies and gentlemen, this is your time to grow, give, and expand. I'm your host, Doug Myers. Let's get started. Hello, my friends. Welcome to another episode of the Grow, Give, Expand podcast. We are in the middle of a real estate investor mini-series, and today on the show, I am welcoming in Mike Sherritt. Mike is an entrepreneur and real estate investor from Calgary, Alberta. As a native of the area, Mike provides his industry aptitude to the communities in Alberta where he serves and invests. And through the course of over a decade, his resourcefulness, expertise, and unwavering drive have earned him a reputation as a sought-after resource in the real estate investing space. After purchasing his first property at the age of 17 and selling it for a substantial profit just two years later, Mike decided to turn his love of flipping properties into his lifelong vocation. Since the outset of his career, he has garnered a number of single-family and multiplex homes in the creation of a multi-million dollar portfolio. Currently, Mike serves as the founder of multiple companies, including the real estate firm Point Properties and the private lending firm Best Capital Corp where he and his partner have funded numerous projects and mortgages. He's also a proud RAIN member, that's the Real Estate Investment Network, a prominent real estate investing community comprised of over 3,000 members who have collectively transacted on more than 37,000 properties since their inception. Outside of flipping, lending, and renovating, Mike enjoys spending quality time with his loved ones. He is also an avid outdoorsman and adventurer who has traveled to over 25 different countries and counting. In our conversation, we talk about how Mike built his portfolio to begin with and how he then became involved in another real estate investing stream, private lending. While many investors focus their attention on buying, renting, renovating, or being involved in some way with actually owning property, private lending is another option for real estate investors who may not be looking to actually own property, but still want to invest in real estate and have a more hands-off approach. So in diving into this conversation with Mike, I hope you will learn a little bit more about some of the other options that are available to you if you want to invest in real estate. Now, it's time to step into some conversation. Let's grow, give, and expand with this episode's guest, Mike Sherrod. I've got Michael Sherritt here on the Grow, Give, Expand podcast. We're doing the Real Estate Investor mini-series. Michael, thank you for taking the time to hop on the show. How are you doing today, man? Doug, I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing very well. I, I really like your backdrop here. Can you tell me, oh, tell me about this art you. in the background? What's going on there? You're going to have to ask the, the fiance there. I'm not too sure. As the, the decorative uh, decorative section of the house is not my forte. So, oh, right on. Well, uh, she's that's her expertise. Yeah, <laughs> she's doing a good job. She's doing a good job. Yeah, so, I, yeah. I think you she, picked her she well. Take, she takes care of the house. Right on, right on. So, I guess we can use that as a lead into to what do you take care of? Who who is Michael Sher? We've got a lot of people who listen to the show who are, you know, uh, familiar with uh, what you have in terms of your bond fund, which I'm I'm certain we'll we'll get into. Um, but in terms of you as a real estate investor and and you as just being a good dude, who's Michael Sher? <laughs> Well, uh, first off, I just want to thank you so much, Doug, for, you know, letting me be a part of this. And, uh, you know, it's actually, I'm really, really um, just happy to be, you know, doing this with you today. For me, you know, I grew up small town, uh, northern Alberta, a little town called Athabasca. We had a kind of a strange, like a little bit of a funny farm. We had white-tailed deer and all kinds of animals. So it was a bit different growing up, um, but I loved being outside, loved being on the farm, and I loved, you know, just helping my dad. Uh, my dad was actually a, a custom home builder, so I spent a lot of time growing up every summer working with him, you know, evenings working around the house, building houses. Um, so that's kind of actually how I got my love for real estate to start, you know. So, mm -hmm. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Would you say like, cause that's, that's interesting. I mean, I, it's funny cause I don't, 
we don't really have much of a real estate investing or, or really a real estate background that comes from my family. So to maybe tie that into how you got inspired to get started in real estate investing, you, you have it obviously with your dad being a home builder. So you were, were you kind of pushed into it? Were you just pulled into it in some way? Were you, how are you excited by it? I, you know, I think I was pulled into it, but I think, you know, prior to even helping my dad, it actually started at a younger age when, um, my great grandparents, you know, so they lived in Calgary and my great grandpa was a, a baker from Germany. So he came here in early 1950s, I think 1952. Um, him and uh, my great grandma came here and they started a bakery uh, just actually not too far from my current house here in Calgary. And, um, you know, he, he, as he became successful in his business, he opened another bakery and then, you know, they were doing a lot of, uh, he delivered a lot of baked goods to coffee shops and I think like maybe over 80 coffee shops he delivered to every day in Calgary here. Um, but as he was in, as he was, you know, investing in his business, growing his business, he was also taking cash or taking money from his business and investing in real estate. And, you know, at a young age, I, you know, I always just knew like he had, you know, rental units. I, to this day, I still don't know how many he had or, you know, what, what he did with them all, but I just knew, I knew that he always had it. And I, and I was really interested in that. And, you know, my parents, uh, you know, were the same thing as well. My dad would build a house. We'd move into it at a younger age. And then um, we'd live in it for a little bit. And he, while he was building another one, and then we'd move into that one. And, um, you know, it was just kind of, you know, and then I was looking up to my dad. I always just wanted to be with him and hang out with him. So, um, I just kind of fell into it that way and I got addicted to it. I liked it. I liked it a lot. So Mm -hmm. you you bring up a good point. Uh, Yeah. You bring up a good point about, I I forget who I heard this from too. Maybe it was my dad actually Um, having the business support the real estate. Right. And and not necessarily the other way around, you know, you can own and operate a business, but you know, it's so much more valuable if you can also own the biz or the the building, the real estate that you're in, that your business is actually a part of. So your business can pay into the real estate. You pay that down, gain wealth through actually building the, uh, putting the money through the building. And then you can leverage that to continue to grow your business. So it sounds like almost, you know, by, uh, by osmosis, that's really what you were picking up on. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's kind of where I got a little bit of my entrepreneurial spirit or spirit, sorry. Um, you know, just seeing that and, and, you know, looking up to the, and you know, even now looking back, I didn't realize this, but as a young kid or whatever, you know, as a young adult growing up, I, those were my first mentors. Those were my first coaches without them even knowing, without me even knowing, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah. Kind of some unconscious competence there. Yeah, exactly. So that's right. so, I'm curious though, uh, do you do you bake a good like cinnamon bun? I can. Uh, that's also a lazy. Part. <laughs> <laughs> Michael, man, what are yeah. you bringing to the table yeah. here? She's got the decorating. She's got the baked goods. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't know. I don't know how I tricked her. So. Oh man, I'm I'm just messing yeah. with you. We oh, we For know sure. what, we know what it's about because you're you've got the brains and you got the business and stuff. So, um, you've got the business yeah. side of things that are going on behind yeah. you. So. Yeah, and I love that, and she and she loves her thing, and that's good. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. T- she, Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, you know, and actually, you know, recently, um, we, you know, as we started to grow and starting more things are starting to get on my plate, you know, she's been helping me a lot with property management, and, you know, because with everything that we have right now, we still do, we self-manage our portfolio, which eventually we're going to have to, you know, stop doing that because it is holding us back a little bit from growth. But um, at this point, it's not too bad. And, you know, it's really good. She, she enjoys doing that. And also it's not my forte either as well. So Mm -hmm. yeah, it really highlights the importance of having a team and and people that are supporting you a hundred percent. And work off each other's strengths, right? Like I know she's, she's better at doing certain things than I am and I'm better at certain things than she is. Right. So Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So let's dive into that a little bit. You've you've got a real estate investment portfolio that you've been growing and you've been involved in a variety of different real estate investments just from our from our other conversations. So I'd love for you to share with the listeners and, and people who are tuning in by video that um, what does that portfolio look like and when did you get started and uh, how has it grown and allowed you to do different things over the years? 
Yeah. So I think, uh, so initially, you know, I, my very first real, real estate deal that I ever did is I, um, I was working in high school. I did, I was doing a work term and I saved up a bunch of money and, you know, I knew that I wanted to park, park it in something or put it in something that was an investment for me. So I think I saved up about maybe 10 or $12,000 over the course of four or five months of working. Like I saved every penny. I was still living at home. So it was quite easy to do. And, um, you know, there was a lot, uh, empty lot that came up for sale in Athabasca. So I'm not sure if any, if your listeners know where Athabasca is, but it's a small community about an hour and a half North of, uh, North of Edmonton. And that's where, so we lived on the outside of Athabasca about 20 minutes away. Um, so I decided, you know, my dad was a home builder and he's, and he saw this lot and it, he, he says to me, you know, this would probably be a good investment for you one day. You know, you, you buy it now. You don't really have to do a lot of work, you know, <laughs> um, it fits your, your budget. So, uh, I decided, you know what, with his help. So I gave him the money. They bought the lot. Uh, cause I think I was only 17 years old at the time. And, um, you know, I, and I just kept working. Just I would go there and mow the grass. That's all I do because if you didn't mow the grass, the town would do it for you, and they charge you like one hundred and fifty dollars, right? So mm. I go mow the grass, and uh, I think like two. So about two years later, um, a friend of my dad's actually offered to buy this the lot off me, right? So and I think you know they offered me like twenty five grand for the lot, and I only paid eleven thousand for it. So. I was like 18, just turned about 19, and I had already doubled my money in in real estate, right? So I was I was ecstatic, right? I was, and that's that's exactly how I got hooked, right? So wow, cool. So while know, everybody yeah, else I, was underage drinking, you were underage investing. <laughs> yeah, I guess, yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's right. Awesome. So you, you got yeah. a pretty successful taste of it right away, in in a very I guess unconventional way for somebody so young and somebody who's just starting out. I mean, land is not typically where people start. So what no, did that spiral I mean, into? Was, yeah, I think at the time it was just kind of an opportunity and and I didn't even realize, you know, what it could do it was more of a place to park my money with the hopes of selling it with some appreciation down the road or the other thought that I had was, you know, if I don't sell it, maybe I'll buy, I'll build a house on it and live there myself. Right. So I didn't really know what I was doing. I had just, I just had a desire to get in and do something. Right. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So with that being the starting point, did you then use some of the profits from that to go into the next investment or, or what happened after that? So, yeah. So I think at, at that point when I sold it, I was still living with my parents but then I decided to buy a house in Athabasca. So it was a really, you know, it was an older house. It was needed a lot of work. And I think I, you know, I got into it. I moved a friend into it. So it was kind of uh, subsidizing my mortgage that way as well. So I lived there for probably from the time I was about 19 till maybe 22, 23. And while I was living in it, I was just kind of putting my own sweat equity and, you know, I replaced the bathtub and, you know, I had the nice pink bathtub with the ugly tile surround and uh, all kinds of stuff in there. So ripped the countertops out, just, you know, things that I could do on my own, just kind of as I was living there and as I had money, right? So I would go to work, save some money. And then I, you know, eventually ended up uh, selling that place, making a little bit more money, um, and then bought a house in Edmonton and kind of did. I just was kind of always doing that, you know, like, and that's how I really got started. Mm-hmm. So, so you'd, you'd move basically money from the first investment, use it to get to the next one, and then uh, continue to grow each each and every way along along the journey, I guess. That's right. Yeah, and you know, and the nice thing about it is when you're, you know, you're eighteen, nineteen, twenty. In your early twenties, it's there's there's not an issue with get all your buddies in the house and start charging them, you know, a couple hundred bucks for for rent for a bedroom, and next thing you know, your your mortgage is paid for, right? So, mm-hmm. you know that that really 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 helped me because instead of putting my money into the mortgage, um, I could put my money into the you know the facelift items like the new countertop or paint or you know new carpet or. 
Mm-hmm. That's and then even you know you might even be able to buy some beer and get them to help you help you out. Too, so. <laughs> <laughs> it's cheaper than getting the town yeah. to mow your lawn, right? <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So always looking for a deal. Awesome, awesome. So let's kind of fast forward to to where you're at now. These are kind of the early stages, and so now you mm-hmm. you have, if I recall, kind of a you've got a decent sized uh, rental portfolio of buildings in Alberta, correct? Yeah, yeah. So we're kind of. So I grew up in northern Alberta, and I lived in Edmonton, and now I'm currently in Calgary. Um, I didn't really follow the advice that I should have, you know, you know, buy buy in one area and concentrate on that in one area, hold all your eggs in one basket, and you know, I was just kind of buying as where I was living, right? So I still hold, I think, uh, six or seven units in Athabasca, and I have five in uh, Edmonton, and. And a couple and two here in Calgary. So, um, and then I, I recently just sold a house in Medicine Hat. But so I kind of I was all over the place, and it was and that's a little bit. It adds a little bit of stress to the situation. So, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, it's all good. You know, we have great tenants. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah. maybe talk about that a little bit because we're in a similar boat in terms of owning investment real estate in in different parts of the country. You know, I have yeah. I have my my own strategies and teams and and people who are in these different places. So, how do you find the process and and specifically for people who do want to invest in places outside of where they live? What kind of advice and what kind of things are working for you that you think would be beneficial for others? I think, you know, the the main thing, like you, you just brought up a great point of having a team, right? So you need to have a team, not only in the, like where you live, where you're going to sign paperwork, but, you know, if, if I have real estate in Edmonton, you know, I need to, if, and if something happens and I need a plumber over there, I need to have a plumber on call that, you know, when I call them, you know, they understand who I am, what my deal is. They like, we have a relationship and a working history. And then also you don't get the support prize bills either that uh, you do when you call you know somebody out of the phone book at uh, on christmas eve right so mm-hmm. yeah so i think that you know that, that is the big thing you know you want to have a solid team that you can trust and rely on and you know what even if you call them and they are not available you you can trust and rely on their references that they might pass you on to somebody um for instance if i have a cleaner in, in edmonton and i have a move midnight move and i need somebody to go in there um, and do it or a short a short uh, short notice cleaning is required um, she might not be available but she can definitely refer me to somebody that she knows and trusts and you know i can trust that i can trust that as well so, mm-hmm. yeah i know it's yeah. Uh, super important i mean uh mm-hmm. you know just speaking to other investors who do similar things yeah that they all echo the same comments you know really build a good team of different people that you can trust and so if yeah. maybe one person isn't available, then yeah, you can trust the references that they have, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And I think it was, for me, it was kind of easy because as I was moving, I moved to Edmonton, I was kind of building my team anyways. Um, and then when I moved to Calgary, I still just kind of I kept the same team. I still have the same team that when I lived there. Um, I, you know, because I, I could see it as being a challenge for someone if, if they say one of, you know, buy a place in Saskatoon, if I was, or for instance, if I was to buy where you are in Regina, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even know. I'd have to call you. You would be my team. Yes. <laughs> All right. Cool. You know, just, just working together. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So. Absolutely. And so or right now you're, you currently have a, have a full-time job, correct? That's right. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, and so yeah. with, with that, how is it supporting and, and moving you in the direction of your real estate investing? Because you, you have a couple of different things on the go, not to, I don't yeah. want to be the one to spill the beans, but you have the, yeah. uh, you have the bond fund that you're working with. You work with, uh, your partner Constantine as well, um, within right. that and with some other projects that you guys have on the go. So, you know, this is obviously a, a big part of your life. And, and then you, you're also somebody that works. So how does this all, fit into uh you know creating a a life by design right we we speak about this a lot while creating a financial life by design so how does it all play into it for you because you got a lot on the go and but you're managing to to be successful at a number of these things so i think like time management is definitely a key and it's for myself even it's something that i can always improve on and work better on but you know when i 
you know, when I start the week, you know, I have to know exactly what am I going to do this week? What are the goals? And how can I arrange my schedule in a way that it's going to allow me to be 100% focused on whatever I'm doing. So if I'm going to work at my job, you know, I need to be focused at my job. I can't be doing other things or I need, or, you know, I might not have a job if I, yeah. <laughs> if, I, if I do that very long. Right. So, you know, there is time you have, to, I have to schedule my time. And for myself, even like I have to schedule in a time in my calendar to schedule my time um, or else, you know, things will just get overwhelming. It's all triple book things, double book things. And then also that's how you, you know, you damage relationships with people as well when you do that. Uh, because you you you, you want to if you say you're gonna do something you got to do it right so and that's one of the biggest things that I believe. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah. No, super important. I mean, gosh, it, you know, the accountability for your word and the accountability for the you know the the way that you want to be is is a big piece of being a reliable investor, right? Yeah, and that and, that, and that's your brand. You know, like how you represent yourself on a daily basis is you know, that's everything to you and what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's, it's very important to be able to manage that correctly. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, let's, let's talk about that for a sec. So you've, you've got a couple of different brands. I'll talk actually just about your real estate company right now. So yeah. within that, is that just, is it just you? Do you work with partners? Do you have joint ventures or is it just the Michael Sherritt show? Right now, you know, it's just, it's just me. You know, I, um, I, I always found, Initially, you know, I was a little intimidated by going out and, you know, like, uh, you know, offering my, like, to be the expert in something, you know, and then I, you know, as I started being around the, you know, rain, um, I'm sure your, your listeners know a lot about rain, the real estate investment network, you know, that, you know, before I even went to rain, I thought, okay, I got to do this all myself, you know, this is how it's going to work. And then, you know, you get to five mortgages. And you try to go find a mortgage and they say, well, you know what, you got to, you know, you're, you're, you know, you can't, we can't provide you any more mortgages. So then you're, you capped out, right? So you need to find joint venture partners. But what I decided to do, um, instead of building my real estate portfolio, um, you know, I kind of, I met Constantine. Um, he was one of my first mentors. You know, I came to Calgary. I didn't know anybody. So I jumped on, um, meetup. I, and I started looking for real estate groups on Meetup. And I actually met Constantine at one of his meetups that he hosted. I think he had five or 600 members, a part of his cash flow club. Um, so I go down there not knowing anybody, you know, and then after a few months of going to his, his meetup, I, we, you know, we kind of started, we'd go for dinner and I'd start talking about what we were doing and, and how we could work together. Um, and then he introduced me to private lending. Uh, and then at that point, he actually introduced me to Rain. So instead of you know concentrating on trying to grow my portfolio to this massive hundred doors that I always envisioned, uh, I decided you know what I'm going to shift my focus and I'm going to keep what I what I have. You know maybe do a few extra things on the side, but that's not going to be my main focus. Uh, my main focus is going to be Best Capital, which is a company that Constantine and I formed in 2017. Uh, we've been doing it for about two years now. And so now what we do is, you know, we provide a passive investment opportunity for our investors um, through second mortgages, first, second mortgages. So so that's kind of my new shift. And, and, and that's actually another thing that I've learned is, you know, you can't do everything. So you kind of have to focus and where your focus goes is you know where your energy goes is where that's where everything's going to be right if you want to be successful if you you know if i would have continued to try to grow my real estate portfolio to this massive thing and and grow best capital i would have it's just so overwhelming that you're never going to get anything done right so in 2017 i decided to you know slow down on in, you know, the real estate side of things, my company point properties. So I decided, you know what, I'm just going to stick with what I have. I'm going to manage the doors that I have. If a good deal, a good opportunity comes up, I will take advantage of it. Um, but my main focus right now, if I want to be successful with this, with best capital is going to be best capital. I can't, I can't try to grow my por- real estate portfolio um, to a hundred doors at the same time. I'm trying to grow 
best capital to where Constantine and I want to do it, you know, where, where we want it to be. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this is, this is great because, um, you know, one of the reasons why, uh, you know, within this, this real estate investor mini series that we're doing, which I wanted to have you on the podcast is because a lot of the people that I, that I speak to, you know, I'm, again, they're, they're fantastic, successful investors, but they really do focus a lot of their energy on buying properties and fixing properties and, and building those portfolios that you're talking about, the really big portfolios, you know, 100 plus, 100 yeah. plus doors. And I like the fact that you can speak to a different avenue of it that also is within the realm of real estate. So mm-hmm. you kind of alluded to it there is about, well, uh, you know, I can't build a portfolio and build this business related to real estate. But maybe you could share a little bit more about why you think or you would suggest for a different kind of investor that perhaps private lending on real estate is a much better, more suitable option for them as an investor, as opposed to this grandiose vision of owning uh, that that hundred door portfolio, as a lot of people kind of think that they really want to do. Yeah, yeah, and that's the thing too. You know, um, you know, a hundred doors sounds great, you know, but get to fifteen and realize how much work it is. And you know, if you're doing it. Um, on your own, if you, if, if you're trying to manage properties on your own, you can't like, so you, in order to get to a hundred doors, you have to scale in a certain way by, you know, you have to f- have a lot of different, potentially have a lot of different JV partners that you're dealing with. You're managing those JV partners. You're dealing with tenants. Unless you, even if you have a property management company, you're still managing the property management company. Right. Um, so I got to around 15 doors and I just said, you know what, this is, it's, it's a little bit too much work. And partially that was probably because, you know, all of my doors were all across Alberta, you know, every weekend I was driving up to do a move out with somebody because, but that's also, you know, me not really being effective and I should have had a property management company. But when I met Constantine and we started doing, I started doing one-on-one investing uh, for, for private mortgages initially, you know, and I started, I would lend a little bit of money, and that was it. You know, at the very beginning, I would do some paperwork at the lawyer and and it was just easy. You know, I never heard back. I was getting cash flow every month. And that's the other thing too is, you know, with real estate, if you're not buying the right doors, you know, you're not, you know, you, you, you may not be actually cash flowing enough every month to do the things that you want to do. You know, you might be putting that money back into a fund that's going to, that's going to pay for a new roof in five years or a furnace or, you know, you know, so you really, it's, it was two different things in my mind. Right. So with, with real estate, you're getting the mortgage paid out. You know, that's the main thing that you can count on and that's never going to change. Right. You're going to get a little bit of cash flow at, at, at the end of the month, but you know, potentially it's not going to be a lot. Right. But what I started, what I liked when I started doing the private investing is you know there's no mortgage paid out, but I was getting cash flow. I was getting money coming into my account every month, and I started and and there was no calls from tenants saying you know oh the toilet's gone or or the furnace isn't working or you know the grass needs the the people aren't cutting the grass or something right so because it, it was always something so you know I was doing more and more of these one on one mortgages with with Constantine um because he's a mortgage broker and we, you know we sat down one day and we just said you know what like why don't this is such a great opportunity for people to get into real estate that maybe don't have the time and don't and don't want to deal with all of the work of managing a rental portfolio um so what we did is we built it. We came up with this idea, you know, okay, what we'll do is we'll, we'll build a company, we'll raise money, we'll fund mortgages, we'll basically pool the mortgages. And then as well, when we do that, our investors are, are spreading their risk over a pool of mortgages rather than, you know, just investing one-on-one. Um, so, so kind of basically how it works is, you know, we raise money, we invest that money, we lend it out. We register when we lend out the money. We register a loan or a mortgage on title of their property. Um, so there's there's different ways that we what we do to mitigate our risk. You know, there's only certain loan to value will go to, you know, our our um, 
borrowers have to meet a certain criteria. The property has to meet a certain criteria. Um, you know, that underwriting is done by Constantine and I, and we have a strict strike strike criteria that we have um, in order to basically add security to this pool of mortgages. Um, so what we do, I think, so since 2017, we've funded, we've been funding, we've, sorry, we have funded 25 mortgages, um, you know, various sizes, right? Anything from 18,000 to $70,000, uh, primary, all second mortgages. That's primarily, or that's what we will deal with. We can, we can do first mortgages as well, but we're not doing that at this point. Um, and and you know what? Our investors love it because they don't have to do anything, and they get paid a quarterly in, uh, distribution and on an annualized rate of eight percent. And they can invest their RSPs, their TFSAs, our ESPs, Liras, Lifts, you know, any registered fund that they have. We can we can accept um, and we can invest that for them. So it's really cool. And, it, and it, the other nice thing is it's, it's minimum $10,000, right? So it's a really small portion compared to, you know, having to put down a 50, 70, $80,000 down payment on a prop on a real rental property. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's a pretty accessible option for people who, who, yeah, maybe have a smaller amount of capital to invest and, and want to learn a little bit more about one of these alternative investments. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing too, is you know, I, I the the more and more I talk to people, I find that they're underutilizing their TFSA, their RSP. You know, I don't. So people don't understand that there's other options to invest those funds than you know just your your um, mutual fund at your bank that your bank manager sells you or whatever. You know what I mean? And if, especially, and, and this, it's backed by real estate, right? So it's backed by a registered mortgage on title of a property, you know, a physical property that you could drive down the street and look at, right? So, you know, I personally, since, since I started doing it, I just like, I don't want to do anything else. I love it, right? So, <laughs> <laughs> because it, it's just so easy for me. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So in terms of, again, you, you kind of mentioned it a little bit, but what can investors who, who get involved in this really expect from, from you guys? The, the key here is, uh, you know, it's cash flow, right? It's yeah. a set amount of yeah. cash flow for a set amount of risk that that, that investor is willing to take on. Cause uh, can you just dive yeah. into that with the numbers and, and let people know what that means? Yeah. So basically how it works and, and what we say is, is predictable and repeatable cash flow you know so every quarter so it's a ten thousand dollar so this there's different ways to invest in in or different ways to do private lending but with with our bond fund best capital it's a ten thousand dollar minimum five-year investment what investors can expect is an eight percent annualized return on their investment paid quarterly so we pay essentially it works out to two percent quarterly initially you know there's a there's a term sheet subscription agreement you know there's certain criteria that our investors have to meet with this you know alberta security commission or any security commission uh across canada but if they meet that criteria we can we can bring them into the bond fund and help them generate consistent predictable returns so that's Mm -hmm. what we like Excellent. So yeah, it's a really good option for people who, yeah, are, are looking for something that, uh, it won't, again, not like a real estate investment itself, a property. You're not going to get that appreciation of the, the value mm-hmm. of the asset over time. But what you are going to get is, yeah, that fixed, uh, predictable cash flow, which for, mm-hmm. you know, just at least, um, you know, talked about conversations with other people, um, depending on where you're at in your life, that may be all you really need. It could be the difference between, feeling like you can retire at 55 versus feeling like you need to continue to work another 10 years. Because like you had said, a lot of people are really underutilizing those registered funds. Yeah, exactly. And like not only RSPs, TFSA is my favorite by far, right? I can make money in my tax-free savings account and I don't have to pay a cent to taxes. 
mm-hmm. you know, like that, that's, that's just, it's amazing. The other thing like with RSPs, it's, it's beautiful because a lot of the time people's employers will do matching, right? So they'll match their contributions. So, you know, that, that's, that right there, that's epic. That's mm-hmm. awesome, right? You're, you're, you're investing money that your employer is putting up for you. They're contributing that for you. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, I just love it. Yeah. Just side note. I, I remember when I was moving to a different job and they, they offered me the, the RRSP matching program or, you know, whatever mm-hmm. it is that they had. And, um, I, I looked inside the package. I forget who it was from. I, you yeah. know, one of the, one of those companies, it was Sun Life or Mackie or who, whoever it was that managed this great, great Western, whatever. And, uh, I just looked at the funds and the, the, you know, what the returns were and all these things. And I just thought like, gosh, you know, if people knew what alternatives were there, then mm-hmm. they could make a better decision than just, blindly throwing something in some segregated fund based on, uh, you know, some sort of risk profile that this company offers them. I mean, sure, some of these some of these funds do well, yeah, but yeah. are they consistent? Are they providing that portfolio with what it needs? Do they, are they going to provide you with what you need in retirement? And oftentimes people just don't know the answer, but they, they're also yeah. not asking the question. So I yeah. really like the fact that you're illuminating that for for people who may be in that situation right now. And, that, and, the, and the biggest thing you know, and I, I'm not an advocate, I'm not a financial planner, and I, I don't, I'm not saying anything about mutual funds, GICs, but essentially, the biggest thing that I dislike about those is that you're paying your mutual fund manager, you're paying your bank manager, you're paying somebody, you know, one, one and a half, two, two and a half, sometimes even 3% before you even get paid. If the fund does nothing, you're still paying them 2%, right? So with the way that we set up our company is that with Best Capital, investors get paid first. If and when there's anything remaining, that's when we will take our fee. So we take our fee after the investors take theirs. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As, a, as it should be. That's great. Yeah, exactly. That's right. It should be performance-based, not... Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there you go. So, you had mentioned sure. earlier, we we were talking about uh, the Real Estate Investment Network and, and being involved in a community of, of like-minded people. You were you joined uh, Constantine's Cashflow Club and, and got to know some other like-minded people. So, can you talk about the importance of, of being involved in these types of communities and how that's generated and helped you get the success that you have so far and are looking to gain in the future? Yeah, yeah. And this, I think, like, you know, before you get a mentor, before you, you know, pay a coach, before you do anything, the number one thing you should do is just look at your inner circle, look at your friend group, and just say, you know, who, what do, first you need to define yourself. What do I want to be? And then you need to look at the people that you're hanging out with and just say to yourself, like, are the people that I'm hanging out with already doing or like what I want to do? Are they ahead of me? Are they below me? Like, what are the, like, what are they doing? And a lot of the times, you know, you look, you look at your group of friends and you say, you know what? They may not, I like them. They're my friends. You know, I still want to keep my relationship with them. But you need to surround yourself with people that are doing what you want to do and who and you need to surround yourself with people that are who you want to be. Right. So it's very important to, you know, find a group like the Real Estate Investment Network or go to meetups where, you know, there's people that you can align your goals, your visions with, and they can encourage you. And support you. You know what I mean? That's, it's a big support group. And, you know, you start hanging out. I think the saying is you, you're, you are the average of the five people you hang around with the most, right? So, you know, that should be a challenge to people to go out and, and find a group of people that push you and support you to grow grow, give, and expand. <laughs> nice. Right? Well, that didn't sound uh, like a plug at all, but I appreciate yeah. it and I will yeah. use it on a promotional yeah. material coming soon. 
to a theater near you. <laughs> yeah. You, de- you oh. deserve it, Doug, because honestly, like you're doing, well, thanks, you're doing a great thing by like, by putting this podcast together and, you know, like just, you know, surround by doing this, you know, you are ultimately just surrounding yourself with people that, you know, you're, you're creating your own inner circle and your own group and, and you're allowing a platform for other people, you know, like, before I before you asked me to join this podcast, I listened to all your podcasts, right? You know, because I like to hear what people are doing. I love to hear people's success stories, and you know, I just love being around people that are willing to get to work and start doing things, right? So, mm-hmm. well, action takers. Yeah, right? I, I appreciate you, and I don't commend you for saying that. And you know, you hit the you hit the nail on the head. Really, what it what it was about, and I've, I think I've shared this before on other episodes. I'll, I'll share it again. Is yeah, when you when you do this and and you open the gates, I guess, and you provide a platform for other people, such as yourself, to share their story with the intent of I want this to go out to other people so that they can hear and really know that there's a lot of people just like them, or there are a lot of people to look up to or to look at who would be accessible and be open to helping you get to where you need to be. So if mm-hmm. you know, for example, Michael, if your if your story resonates with somebody else, and they get you know they're able to get in contact with you, then we've effectively elevated somebody else. And I think that's something that's just, yeah. oh, what, what better thing to do? Oh, um, exactly. So, exactly. A hundred percent. You know, that's, that's no, great. It's part of it's the reason why I do cre- this. Exactly. You create a community around you, right? So. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And Yeah, for sure. Sorry, you, so, you had something to say was, there. It looked like you had something I was to just, say. Well, I was, yeah, I was just going to kind of expand a little bit more on just saying, you know, that, that support group, because, well, I, I can't speak for everybody, but for myself, you know, a lot of of my friends growing up and people that I hung out with, you know, growing up, I, now I, I go back and I don't really have a lot in common. You know, I, I, I go back, I enjoy hanging out with them for a weekend or something, but ultimately, you know, we're, I'm a different person now than when I was five years ago, right? And that's mm-hmm. because you know you you are who you hang out with, right? So I choose to hang out with people that that push me, support me, and motivate me to do things that I want to do. Because at the end of the day, you know the world is our oyster. We can do you can do whatever you want. You can be whoever you want to be. You just have to take action and surround yourself with people that will support you in that action. Mm-hmm. Right, so yeah, I think as long as you're in action, then it's a, um, you know, you can be what you want to be. You know, we, we, right. I was actually having this conversation with somebody else who, uh, you know, she um, was working in a school and mm. was talking about, you know, parents are are telling their kids. We'll move a little bit off topic here, outside of the real estate thing, for just a moment. So bear with me. Yeah, but yeah. they're telling their kids that they can do anything they want to do and be anything they want to be. But the problem is those kids actually aren't action takers moving Mm -hmm. towards something that they really want. So all you're really doing is providing a false hope for somebody else to go out and and, and do something and and giving them the false confidence that the world's just going to conspire around them because somebody else has told them you can be and do whatever you want to do. Well, Yes, you can, but if you don't actually define what it is that you want to do and then start a- taking yeah. action towards it, then that statement makes no sense. And you've got a bunch of walking people who are, are feeling entitled like they can just do whatever they want. And really, that's not what happens unless you start taking action towards it. That's right. And that, and that, that is a, like a, a very important thing that you, that you touched on. Like You have to know... What do you want? So I like before anyone does any investing, does it, like they, you, you really need to just sit down and just say, you know, what are my long-term goals, right? So for somebody, somebody, somebody might sit down and they might say, you know what, my long tour in order to support my long-term goals or to meet my vision, my, my, my purpose, you know, maybe a real estate portfolio of a hundred doors will help them support that purpose right but for or maybe it might be a cash flow thing where they want to invest in something a little bit more passive where they have more time to do other things um so before you do any investing before you 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 know you really dive in the first thing you should be doing is you know digging deep and just realizing like what 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 is my purpose what what do i want to do and how and what do i need 
to be able to do that, right? Mm-hmm. You kind of actually launched into that the next question that I yeah. wanted to ask you, which was yeah. for those people who are starting off. You know, if this is if this is something you want to get involved in, and for those people who, yeah, are just getting their foot in the door, they want to get their toes wet and really figure out how and what they're going to do to be a successful real estate investor. Based on where you're at now and where you started, where you came from, in addition to finding out what your reason is why you want to do it and what that long-term vision looks like, what do you suggest are things people do to get into action if they're just starting out? So first, you know, you know, this kind of goes back to my, my focus where I was talking about, you, need, you know, you, you need to choose a path and focus and just drive down that path, right? Um, if you start getting distracted by, you know, the shiny objects and this and that, and, you know, I, I fight with it myself. I'm always course corrected, you know, and I'm always looking and saying, okay, does this align um, with my with my purpose, right? So, but one of the most important one of the most important things that I ever did is one of my very first mentors. He told me to do an exercise. It was called Seven Levels of Why. And you know what? And he even sent me a video. It was a, a YouTube video. And I have been looking for it through my emails to try to find this video, but I cannot find it. But anyways, what it was is basically it was a, it was a professor at a university and he was teaching a class and he said, you know, in one exercise, because a lot of people struggle trying to find their why and, and really understanding, like, what is my purpose? Um, and I did, too, until I did this exercise. And it was, you know, you say, okay, what do I want in life? And then you answer. You write it on a piece of paper. And then you say, why? Like, why do I want that? Right? So then you write it on a piece of paper. And then, and then you, 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 you do that, you do that exercise seven times. So you, you, you say something and then you, you answer it with why seven times. And by the time you get to number seven, you'll be, you'll, you'll be in a direction that you probably never even thought that you were right. And that opened my eyes to, to my purpose and my why that and I, I before I did that exercise, I had no idea. And literally, it takes five minutes, and it, it's it's beautiful. Like I I think that before anyone starts with anything, they should at least you know try a, just try an exercise like that. Try or or work with a mentor or coach or somebody that has already you know done it themselves. And you know and and the other thing that that that, that he told me was if your why doesn't make you cry. It's not your why, hmm. right? So, you know that's a re- that's how people will know when they've hit their why, you know, or when when they when they've discovered it, um, you know. Mm-hmm. And to so. follow on to that, that exercise itself mm-hmm. is as I slow down here. That exercise itself is a very uncomfortable exercise, and you have, you have to be willing and honest with yourself in order to go to that level of depth, because it's very easy to just play the surface game and write down what you think, what you think is your why. And, and then have to ask the question, well, why it's like the kid in the back. Well, dad, why is the sky blue? Oh, because light reflects and refracts and all this, but why? And then at the end of it, he's just like, it just is just accept it. (laughs) But but you can't do that with this. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, you have to be curious and you have to be open. Right. I think that's the number one thing is you have to be open. Right. You have to be open to mm-hmm. the thought. Yeah. So, yeah. so sure. as we, as we move towards kind of wrapping this up here in, in a little bit, what has real estate investing and what you're doing now really allowed to happen in your life in terms of your lifestyle and, and what you enjoy and what you do. Of course, you've got this uh, beautiful backdrop of a home in the, that you're uh, currently calling in from. And so what's, what's real estate really allowing you to do and, and taking control of your financial future allowed you to do currently? Well, you know, like it's definitely, you know, it's, it's helped. It's current, like up to where I am now, it's, it's helped create the security that I don't have to work. So I guess I should go back a bit. Sure. Um, but, but when I was, you know, 18 growing up in a small town, it was an oil and gas like community. Right. So 
you know, just as soon as I graduated high school, I was like, you know, I got to go make some money. So what, what's that, what am I going to do? I go get a trade. I go start working in the oil and gas industry. Right. And, um, you know, with that, you know, typically those jobs aren't really around home. Right. So up until the age of about 20, 28, I'm almost 32 now, 27, 28, I, I, I did shift work. So, and you know, like when I was like 18, 19, 20, I was going, I was going to camp and I was working 24 days in four days out. Like I was working 20 days in eight days off. I, I was like, my shifts were crazy. And, but what real estate has allowed me to do is to, and it was to create a life where, you know, I can be happy with a job that I have, you know, that's 20 minutes away from my house and I can still live a lifestyle that, you know, of the money that I was making when I was doing like 24 days in, four days out, you know what I mean? I, so, and it also, it allows me to live a better life because now I have a beautiful fiance upstairs and, you know, if, if I was still doing two weeks in, two weeks out, 14, like these crazy shifts, nobody, who's, who's going to spend, who, who's going to want to date me? You know, <laughs> how, am I, how am I going to have a family? How am I going to ha- have, you know, those, those important moments, you know? So now real estate has created an opportunity for me to change my life. It's changed my life for the better, right? Like a hundred percent. So I still might have to answer the odd phone call in the evening of a tenant that uh, is calling due to some issue or whatever. But, you know, it's not like I'm, uh, I'm gone for 24 days straight or 20 days straight or mm-hmm. so. Wow. You really, uh, struck a personal chord with me on that one. Cause I, I used yeah. to do the same kind of thing. I used to work uh, yeah. week on week off or, you know, the, you the know. extended periods of time. So hundred percent, I know what it's that's hard, about. It's hard for relationships, you know, and also, um, you know, and, and real estate, it's it, you know it's not done yet right so it's going to create a lot of opportunity for me and you know a lot of opportunity for me to live my purpose you know so mm-hmm. absolutely yeah. that's fantastic um at the end of all my shows here as, as you know as a listener i i always ask people three questions around growing giving and expanding as it as it is the the title of the podcast so for you personally and professionally what you're doing in real estate what does uh, what, what's the main focus for you right now in terms of growing so that you can you know be be better and be bigger in terms of your your real estate and, and what you do as a person yeah so i guess so for myself my, right now i'm on a i'm I, i'm trying to build a little bit of a, my personal brand right um why i'm on this podcast with you not only do i enjoy talking to you you know i want to get my name out there because i've always kind of I've been very, very active, but I always kind of sit a little bit on the sidelines. Do you know what? I'm not sure if you understand totally. uh, what I mean by totally that. Do. But, you know, like I, I've ne- I'm never at the front of a room, you know, and that's not really the person that I want to be. But, you know, I want to build my network, you know, and, you know, your network is your net worth, right? So I, I really, you know, just want to – and, and also the more people that I can – you know, engage with and, and, and learn from and grow with, you know, it's only gonna, it's just gonna help me so much, right? So, and mm-hmm. help me help others do the same thing, right? So, mm-hmm. fantastic. I'll, I'll share a, a little story about that because you brought it up asking if I know or if I know what that feels like. And I 100% do because I, mm-hmm. I, um, I reached out to a friend recently. One of the things that I do is actually if, in the past six months has asked people who are really close to me about my blind spots. Right. I I only ask people who are really close to me because they're the ones who a have the ability to, you know, share what those are, but they also have the confidence to know that in me asking them, Mm -hmm. they're not going to be uh, on the defensive and they're not going to be, or I'm not going to be on the defensive, pardon me in their response. And uh, so they know, you know, I'm, I'm going to be their friend regardless, but I need them to tell me the truth. And one of yeah. these guys um, said something very interesting to me. To, to your point, you said, I'm always in action, but I was always kind of the guy at the back of the room. And that's exactly what this one friend said to me. And he says, you know, it's odd because you're, you're now putting yourself out there and it almost feels weird. It almost looks weird because you've been very successful 
being a quiet giant. And I yeah. found it such an interesting term. You said you're a quiet giant and I don't look at myself as a giant by any means. <laughs> yeah, I'm six foot two, but I'm not a giant. And, uh, you know, you and I have shared many of the rooms with people who we see as giants. That's and, right. and, but he was a hundred percent right. And he says, you know, you're a quiet giant. Why don't you just keep doing that? And I said, no, that's, I appreciate that, but that's not what this is about because me being a quiet giant is only going to continue to serve me. And, and I'm confident that I can take care of myself, but I need to start giving. And that's mm-hmm. where it wasn't just about growing. It became about giving. It became about expanding. And that is exactly yeah. why I, I sit here today and do a lot of the things that I do. So that moves into the next part of this is, you know, you, you have things, you have skills, you have um, things that you're involved in, in terms of giving. So what are the focuses and the priorities for you as a person and in your real estate in regards to the gifts that you have and, and what you want to give back to people? Yeah. So, you know, giving ultimately, you know, that is, you know, what I want to do is I want to create a lifestyle that's a life that supports a business that supports my lifestyle that allows me to give back, right. It allows me to provide support, provide um, mentorship, provide, you know, just like even friendship. So, you know, recently, well, not recently, I've been a big part of big brothers, big sisters for, you know, since about 2015. Um, and recently I've kind of taken the shift from not only being a mentor, a mentor to actually, you know, joining the board of, well, a committee that's part of the board of directors. Um, so that, and that, that positive mentorship is just like a massive thing that I, that I want to support because so many people, you know, have, people have so much potential that they just, don't are they're scared or they're nervous um to you know just to to get out there and just you know to challenge it and say you know i want to do this so i'm going to people you can do whatever you want you can have whatever you want and people just need to get back to that mindset because when you're when you're a child and you're seven years old and you ask them okay what do you want to be or what do you want to do and they say you know or six five years old and they say oh i want to be a firefighter i want to be you know i want to be a race car driver you know like then you know as you grow you know you get all these society society starts to you know mold you and and make you into the person that you become and then you know you think oh i can't be a car race car driver you know i don't you know but like people you can if you want to right so I just want to be there to help people support that, you know, that, that dream of theirs, right. And that purpose of theirs. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you can, if you want to, if you take action, that's the key. Yeah. And that's the key. Yeah, exactly. And so, so just for your listeners. So like my purpose is all people living a life of possibility, right? Mm-hmm. So I want to show people and I want to help people, understand that they can live a life of endless possibility. If you want it, you can achieve it, but you have to work for it. Right. Mm -hmm. That's the, that's the big thing. So I like it. I feel it. That's, that's fantastic, man. Um, in -hmm. terms of that last point then is, is expanding. And, and for you, obviously you've got the, the best capital fund that you're working with. The, obviously your real estate is where it's at and, and you're, you know, you're, um, you're getting married soon. You're, you have a fiance, in, you're engaged. Uh, in, yeah, May 2020. May so. 2020. So, you know, you your, your life is expanding in, in many, many ways. So what what for you is is the big expansion points that you're really looking forward to and creating in your life in the next year here? I think, uh, you know, for me, the big thing that I need to worry, that I need to work on is just pushing myself by being comfortable with being uncomfortable. <laughs> so you know you know in order to grow and expand you have to stretch right you have to get uncomfortable in order to do that you have to learn to get uncomfortable and you have to be okay with that and that is something that i push i'm constantly trying to push myself with and in order for me to to do that i have to do things that you know that are challenging and and and, I, and in order to do that, I need to surround myself with people like yourself that are going to support me. You know, people like my family that support me or Lacey that supports me, you know. So that's the big thing for me is this year is just ex- like I just need I'm 
working extremely hard to push myself to stay in that stretch zone. Mm-hmm. So, to expand that yeah. comfort zone. That's right. Yeah. Awesome. As soon as it gets comfortable, you need to move on, right? Fantastic. Well, you know, I, I appreciate that. And, and absolutely. I mean, I, I am, uh, I'm here to support you. I'm here to support your vision, what you and Constantine are doing, um, you know, and, and what you're doing in terms of the, the market that you're involved in and, and everything really about you. I really appreciate the fact that you have, in fact, by default, stepped out of your comfort zone and in, in doing this and, and coming on this podcast, sharing your experience, your knowledge, and of course, some of the opportunities that you have as, as well in terms of best capital with, with everybody here. So I really appreciate that. And I want to thank you for coming here on the podcast. It's been fantastic. Perfect. Yeah. And I really, I really, again, I just want to thank you for putting this uh, podcast out and creating this platform for people. Um, you know, it, it is amazing and it is an, a, a, a substantial amount of work, I'm sure. And, uh, you know, it, it's, 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 it's very, very important that you do this because you're creating, you know, a, a pathway for people to grow and to have that mentorship around them or have, you know, that support around them just by listening to this podcast. Right. So mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yes. Thank you very much for that. I appreciate it. And therein ends the lesson. Thank you once again to my guest, Mike Sherritt, for coming on the show, sharing his experience about real estate investing in properties and in private lending. If you want to find out a little bit more about Mike or his bond fund, Best Capital, you can by checking them out on Instagram at Best Capital Bond, or you can check them out online at bestcapitalbond.com. As we wrap up another edition of the Grow, Give, Expand podcast, the Real Estate Investor mini-series, I want to thank you, the listener, for tuning in. I appreciate each and every one of you that takes the time to listen to the show and applies what you learn to improve the quality of your life. My name is Doug Myers, and this has been the Grow, Give, Expand podcast. And until next time, keep growing, giving, and expanding.